The following program is brought to you by the humble farmer bed and breakfast in St. George, Maine. Thank you for listening. I read a web page entitled, How to Make Your Home Unattractive to Thieves. Well, isn't that an easy one? How to Make Your Home Unattractive to Thieves. Be Poor. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to Hey, ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
Tatum, of course. Who but Tatum here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. And speaking of the law of inverted averages, speaking of the law of inverted averages, have you noticed that every day there seems to be more and more famous people that nobody has ever heard of? You can't turn on your television set but what they're interviewing some famous baseball player, a movie star, a singer that seems to have materialized, already famous, like Venus on the half shell. Thousands of people show up to see these famous unknown people perform outside in blizzards or in theaters that collapse or in other venues where people carry guns to protect themselves and end up shooting two or three of their neighbors who throw popcorn and make too much noise texting. I don't know about you, but I now live in an unfamiliar world where we're going to bed when the sun goes down looks more and more attractive.
this anyway. One of these horrible tag things that have a hand. And I thought that was shiny stockings. I thought we were going to play an old Count Basie standard. Silk stockings. I, I've never heard that. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. You know very well that with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. I thank you for listening. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. And probably the reason I very seldom hear from you is that you don't know how to spell farmer. Suppose a good old friend came up to you and said, Hey, spend two weeks with us in our condo in Portugal. We'll, we'll help with your travel expenses. Sound to you like an offer you can't refuse? Well, my wife Marcia, the almost perfect woman, did. Turned them right down because she knew that if she... Well, she's one of those people. She knew that if she left her post, ships would founder on the rocks. There was no way on this green earth her boss could get along without her for 14 days. At least she didn't want him to find out about it if he could. But one thing led to another, like things usually do, and it was determined that she would find time to rendezvous in Holland with these generous old friends at a much later date. Which is why, on a recent cloudy day, I found myself driving a rented car from Holland to Sweden. Yes. Now, Marsha and I think that trains are the, well, they're the easiest way to get around in Europe. But the last time we were there visiting friends and relatives, Marsha was already having trouble going up and down flight of stairs. So, so we rented a car, and we drove the 612 miles from Niekirk to Falkenberg in one day. As usual, if you have a backseat driver with you, if you know about backseat drivers, as usual... Masha had her eye on the speedometer, you know, so she could constantly remind me, hey, you know, the speed limit's 45 here. You're only going 40. And also, you know, hey, when it's 45, you know, you can really go 50. Always wants me to go faster. But <laughs> on many German roads, you know this. If you've been to Germany, you know that on many German roads, there are no speed limits. So what could she do? She couldn't see what the speed limit was. So this is what she said. She said, well, you should keep up with traffic. Can't you keep up with traffic? Everybody is passing you. I said, my dear, we're going 154 kilometers an hour. And you can get out your little little uh, computer, handheld computer, and figure out what that amounts to. But I'm going to tell you that it's just as well that my wife still does not know that 154 kilometers an hour translates into 95.69115 miles an hour. Well, the next time we go to Portland, I'd hear, can't you at least go 85? I saw you do it in Germany.
Making whoopee with Tatum. If you've driven in Germany, as I recently did, I've got to tell you about this. If you've ever driven in Germany, you know that you're not as concerned about the road ahead as you are with the NASCAR people who are about to blow you off the road from behind. You keep your eye on the rear view mirror when you drive in Germany on them Autobahn things. When I was driving through Germany last week, I kept saying to Marsha, hey, look at this one coming. Look at this one. Look at this one. And a car would go by us, whoom, at 140 plus miles an hour. Have you ever driven on those autobahns in, in Germany? I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. What happened to you the last time that you did?
Good evening, friends. Clarence Williams and the, and the very appropriate Wildcat Blues. And perhaps you know that there are only a few stop signs in northern Europe, Holland, Sweden. They have been replaced by yield signs at traffic circles, which, well, it facilitates a smoother and more rapid flow of traffic. It saves gas. You don't have to stop. You can roll right through if nobody's in the circle. Saves on your brake line-ins. And I got to admit that it is true that here in Maine, stop signs might just as well be yield signs because very few people in Maine stop at stop signs. They, they yield, they go through. And because very few people stop at stop signs, people like me were foolish enough to stop at stop signs. Well, we very often get get rammed in the rear end. And over the past 40 so years, I've, I've probably been struck from behind six, eight times, you know, just because I have this silly habit of stopping at stop signs. Got a habit when I used to teach driver education. In Maine, you might be taking your life in your hands if there's someone behind you and you stop at a stop sign because they, they expect you're going to run this stop sign and they're always looking left to see if anything's coming so they can run it too.
Sayer Tatum here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. As you well know, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Right here on your favorite radio station. I am The Humble Farmer at gmail.com, and I'd love to hear from you. Years and years and years ago, back in her halcyon days, my wife Marcia, the almost perfect woman, worked for Time in Amsterdam, Time magazine, Time Corporation, whatever it is. And in 1960, after flunking out of the Crane Department of Music at Potsdam, I hopped a freighter and I spent several months sponging off my aunts in Sweden. So, Although Marsha and I are familiar with their languages and customs, every time we go back to Sweden and Holland, we see significant changes. You know this if you've been running back and forth to Europe to visit your relatives and friends for the past 60 years. You can understand that too many, yeah, too many of our old friends and relatives are no longer there, kind of sad, but, but you know, some of their great-great-grandchildren now speak perfect English. They think nothing of flying to Hong Kong on business or to Boston to deliver a scholarly paper on language acquisition or something. And last week when we were there, Marsha's brother-in-law, who used to teach Greek and Latin, well, he was he was about to take off, fly down to Budapest. Imagine that, flying to Budapest for four days, just hang out with friends. It's unimaginable to me. I asked some of my young relatives in Sweden why they never came to visit us. Oh, they'd rather go down to the Canary Islands. And another one of Marsha's great nieces in Holland, who was only 17, she was all set to go to Thailand to, to volunteer for something. People who live in Europe are, are travelers.
Ghana. I like Ghana. My my mother was a big Ghana, big Ghana fan. Marsha, my wife Marsha, was impressed by the supermarkets in Hilva somewhere she, where her niece shopped. This niece teaches linguistics at the University of Amsterdam, and she goes to work every day from Hilva some by bicycle, train, and foot. And in this grocery store, each grocery cart is equipped with a hand scanner. You scan each item as you take it off the shelf. You drop it in your, in your, uh, well, in one of the two big grocery bags that you brought from home. And at the checkout, of course, there's never a line at checkout. The clerk just wipes your bank card through your scanner, and zippity doo dah, you're right out through the door. I was told that if there is a line at the register and there are three people ahead of you, you you get your groceries free. There's no charge for anything in your cart, so you can be sure there's never a line there. Get them in, get their money, get them out. The stores where we buy our groceries in Rockland, Maine, have well, they've got a long way to go.
But Have You Met Miss Jones is one of my favorite tunes, as is Woody Herman's Early Autumn and the Dementica, Non-Dementica by Natalie Coles. So I let him sneak in once. Oh, it's time to remind you. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. We flew in and out of, we flew in and out of Shipple. Now you've probably been to Shipple, and you know where it's where most people land when they go to Holland. You might have experienced or at least heard of the endless lines and hurdles one must navigate before being allowed to board an airplane nowadays. News for you. We didn't know this. Did you know that if you request a wheelchair for your spouse when you buy your ticket, it comes equipped with a knowledgeable, smiling young person who whisks you right past the lines, all those people standing there looking at you with envy in their eyes. It takes you, this young person wheels the wheelchair with your spouse right through these forbidden gates marked diplomat. Because time is tip money to these sprinting youngers, youngsters. You give them a little tip. So your biggest problem when they're pushing your wife in a wheelchair will be trying to catch your breath as you tr- trot along behind them.
saw stars I heard a birdie sing So sweet, so sweet The moment I fell for you I saw stars I heard an angel say Wake up, wake up Your wonderful dreams come true A newborn feeling had me reeling I said to myself, where am I? It's all so hazy, may sound crazy There wasn't a star in the sky Still I saw stars I heard a birdie sing So sweet, so sweet The moment I fell for you farmer the airport at shipple i mean the the security at shipple airport is strict you can't believe how strict they are there when we last went through shipple in 2009 my wife marcia was relieved of a swiss jackknife that had lived forgotten and previously undetected by other airport securities it had been right there in her bag since she Worked with Rod Stacy at Maine Teen Camp in South Hiram years and 20 years ago. Have you been patted down at an airport lately? Because I'm 80 years old, I didn't have to remove my shoes. They said, well, you're over 75, you don't have to take off your shoes. Probably figured I couldn't bend over. But you should know that the adroit fingers assigned to my case massaged places that have not been seen by man, woman, or child since I was potty trained. They get pretty personal there. Every cubic centimeter of the hidden follicles on my body were caressed with a professionalism that would easily earn that man 30 million votes in any presidential election.
Flock Terry. Time to get it here. Thank you very much for listening. Then in luck at all, I'll be back here next week at this time, playing old-fashioned music just for you. Now, years and years ago, my wife Marsha and I boarded an airplane in London, and we flew to Boston. We used to do it a lot more years ago than we do now. And sitting next to my wife, there was a nice young man on that airplane, and naturally she had to ask him what he did. Because she was always hoping there was a chance he might ask her to do something fun and exciting, you know, like scrape and paint his house or, or clean out his stables. He was not a spy. Now, as I said, we used to go to Europe on airplanes from time to time, and I think it's interesting that we never got to sit next to people who say, when you ask them what they do, Oh, I'm a spy. Statistically speaking, wouldn't you think you'd get to meet a spy at least once in every 40 or 50 international flights? Because you know this. If you've watched any spy movies at all, you know that half of every spy movie consists of a spy-infested airplane taking off in Istanbul and landing with smoking tires at JFK. And you know how it always shows the tires smoking in, in them spy movies when the planes touch down. Now, I once mentioned to Marsha that I thought I would make a good spy. I'm such an inconspicuous, plain-looking old man that no one would ever suspect me of being a top-notch international spy. I, I could get away with anything, you know. And listen to this. My wife said, What are you talking about? You're the only person I've ever heard of who's had a sandwich bag checked by security. My wife, Marcia, should be in the security business, you know. You can't get nothing by her. the way to live if you're milk and grow